0: A crazy thing my husband and I are doing now is we have two paid off SUVs um, and we are selling both of our vehicles and we are downgrading, which is the opposite of what most people are doing. Most people are trying to figure out how to get a nicer car. We're like, how do we get a worse car so we (laughs) can use that money and invest it?
1: This is Meredith For Real, The Curious Introvert, and I'm Meredith. I explore the questions people think but don't ask out loud, either because they're taboo or thanks to cultural hypnosis. My mission, and yours if you choose to accept it, is to inspire curiosity by exploring the nuance and paradox of our world. Each episode is different, so bring your ADD and your earbuds and have a look around. Hey, Curiositers, it's me, Meredith. I came across this week's guest totally on accident. I was searching Instagram on different hashtags and there she was. I had never even heard of a no-spin year before, but I found her immediately relatable and her content piqued my curiosity. And because so many of you liked the episode with the couple who paid off $80,000 in three years, I thought Shay would be someone that you'd want to meet. She not only tells her no-spend-year story, but she also gives great tips on how to bring intentionality into your home, life, and future through her pretty unconventional money hacks. So, if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Also, keep an eye out for a new way to connect with me via Zoom. I'll be launching monthly Zoom Room Mingles to get to know you better. And if you're new here, welcome. I started this podcast in 2019 as a project to inspire people to choose curiosity over judgment. I especially like shining light on people who defy categories or are a paradox. Each guest brings a personal development opportunity along with their story so you can stay curious and grow. So if you like bright, meaningful entertainment, have a look around. You don't have to listen to anything in a certain order. Just hit play on whatever grabs your attention. And if something is so good that you wish you could take notes, I got you. Just text R-E-A-L to 66866 if you're in the U.S. And if you're elsewhere, you can go to meredithforreal.com. And there you can get a bulleted, clickable summary delivered to your email inbox. All right. Enjoy the show. Who loves budgeting? Okay, what about a no-spend year? Well, almost half of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency with cash. But wait, stay with me. It's getting better. Credit card debt dropped 14% in 2020. A sign things are changing. And maybe you're one of those people trying to get financially fit. Well, if that's the case, you'll want to stay tuned to hear the budgeting mistakes that will send you into a spending relapse. My next guest has, she followed the hashtag on Instagram, debt-free community, and the actual faces and numbers made her goal so real that her and her husband paid off $57,000 in 15 months. Now, inspired to retire by age 40, her and her family are doing a no-spend year. Today, she's going to answer questions like, what is a no-spend year, and why do people do this? She's also going to reveal what we're doing wrong when we try, emphasize try, to budget, creator of Front Porch Finances, debt-free spreadsheet superhero, Shay Richter. Thanks for coming. Well, that's a
0: beautiful intro. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know, before meeting you, I had never even heard of a no-spend year. Where did you even get this idea?
0: Um, it actually came in a book I was reading, um, but a lot of people in the debt-free community do like no-spend weeks, no-spend months. I'd never thought about a no-spend year um, until I read this book called The Spender's Guide to Debt-Free Living. And she did a spending fast, and that's just kind of where it all started. But really, it starts way before that. Uh, in 2015, um, I started reading a blog called Mr. Money Mustache. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, but he is pretty much like the retire early fire. Um, guru essentially like he retired when he was I think 30 he had just had a kid and I read his stuff and I was like so blown away by it and I was like I have to do this but my boyfriend now husband um, he couldn't get on board at the time we had a lot of student loan debt and it just didn't seem feasible and so it's something I kind of put on the back burner for a while not necessarily the um, just yeah it was something I put on the back burner for a while until I could get him on board Well, being debt free is kind of weird
1: enough. I think it's pretty uncommon, although more and more people are working toward it. Like I said, what inspired you to what was your big why? Like why you're deciding to now that you are debt free to do a no spend year? Because most people would go, I'm debt free. Woohoo. Let's
0: uh, increase our lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mainly, it's that thing you said at the beginning, we want to retire in like 10 years. And that's no easy feat. That's not something you can just choose one day, and it'll happen. It's hard work. And that's kind of where the no spend journey came from was like, how can we invest as much of our income in one year and really get the ball rolling? Um, And you know, what they say like, the sooner you invest, the compound interest works for you. And um, the later you invest, the harder it is to catch up.
1: What kind of criticism did you get in the beginning when you kind of announced that you were doing that and from whom?
0: As far as my uh, Instagram community on Front Porch Finances, it was all very positive. But when I did post on like my personal Instagram, I got a lot of flack as far as you'll never be able to do that. Um, No one cannot spend anything. Um, you'll fail in a month. And it was very surprising because those are the people you consider your friends. Um, so that was kind of interesting an interesting reaction. I didn't expect.
1: Have you joined any of the no buy groups on Facebook? That wasn't a question. One of my listeners was yeah. asking about, I didn't even know those were a thing.
0: Yeah, they are seriously fabulous that um, I've been a part of one for almost a year and the community is so wonderful. Um, honestly, that's where I'm get. I've gotten both of my children's birthday presents for this year because I'm not buying them gifts, which is crazy in itself. But, um, the gifts that people offer up on buy nothing pages are astounding. I've seen everything from like plants and gardening supplies to like really expensive Dutch ovens and pretty much anything in between. It's really crazy. So are these barters? Um, no, it's just, you go through your house, um, and you find something you don't want, and you just say, hey, is there anyone that could use this? And people, usually there's a lot of people that'll comment, and then um, someone gets chosen as like a winner, and they just come pick up. And the great way the community works is like, I see something I need, so I ask, you know, like, can I have it? And then whenever I find something around my house that I feel like could be utilized for someone else, I'll give it away. So, Last week I gave away, I have a pretty expensive like breast pump. It had all new parts that hadn't been used. And so that's what I gave away last week uh, to a mom in need. That blows my mind. <laughs> that's,
1: now, I would definitely want to get into what your rules were for, you know, cause every, I understand everybody's no spend year or no spend you know, month is different, but uh, how did you prepare to have a no spend year? Like did you stock up on any certain thing or were, were there any special preparations?
0: Um, some preparations I did uh, were like um, unsubscribing to like emails. Like I tried to declutter a little bit my life in that sense because when you pull up your inbox in the morning and you see like so-and-so is having a 75% off sale, that's going to draw you in and you're going to want to check it out. So like ways I prepared to be successful, that was one of them. Was like declutter my inbox, unsubscribe. Same with apps, like getting rid of food apps or whatever that um, could tempt you. Essentially, um, other things I did was I didn't necessarily stock up, but I did purchase um, like uh, some things that I knew I might need in the next year. So I purchased a thing of kids pajamas because we do family pictures and Christmas pajamas and. My youngest could wear my oldest. My husband and I still have the jammies. So I just purchased like one pair for my oldest daughter. So we could still do matching family pajamas. Um, But other than that, it was just writing out the rules and what I can and can't do essentially. Okay. So that's definitely what I want to dig into. But
1: before I forget, did you cancel Amazon Prime? So
0: I'm actually, when you have Amazon Prime, you can actually invite like multiple people to your Amazon Prime under your one membership. So I've been under my dad's for like years, and I've never had to pay. Um, But I have one of my rules on my no buy year is no Amazon. So I have not purchased anything on Amazon this entire year. Oh my gosh, I would definitely get the shakes. (laughs) That would be so hard to me. Okay, so
1: let's start with how you establish these rules. Like did mama just say these are the rules or did you, you know, you and your husband made them together.
0: And then I want to know what your rules are. So I definitely came up with all the rules myself. This whole thing is like my own doing. Um, My husband just kind of goes along with whatever I put out there, whatever crazy idea I have each year. Um, He's not really a spender, so it doesn't really affect him uh, too much. Um, so I guess how I set up my rules was I really thought about one, my lifestyle, like what kind of life do I want to live next year? What things am I not willing to give up? What things could I care less about, but also challenge myself a little bit in between, I guess. Um, so I kind of separated it into things I can do and I can't do. Um, so A lot of people, when they think of no spend or no buy year, they think that you literally cannot buy anything. Like you're just, you're going to starve and your house will be taken away from you and like all that crazy stuff. But that's not really what it is. Essentially, everyone kind of gets to make up their own rules. And um, so the things that I can do are essentially the essentials like food, housing stuff. Um, Obviously, something needs to be repaired. We're going to repair it. Um... I got a lot of questions about beauty products. So like if I run out of a beauty product, I can replace it, but I'm not going to Ulta and just like buying everything I see off the shelf. Uh, one thing that was really important to us was vacations. We've never been like a vacation family, uh, paying off debt. You don't really go on many vacations. You go to like grandma's house and you explore the city that she lives in, you know? Um, so vacations was a really important one to us this year. So we are spending money on vacations. Um, As a mom of two, kids outgrow things all the time. So I did say that if we did need something, maybe like a clothing gap that we have um, for our kids, it needed to be purchased secondhand or at least looked at secondhand first before we purchased anything new. Uh, Garden stuff. We grow a huge garden. Last year, I'm still pretty much a newbie, but last year we grew a ton of produce and Um, It really helped our grocery budget during the summer. So one thing we, I guess I allotted for was spending money on stuff for the garden. And then my last can rule um, is that I can sell anything essentially in the house. That's mine. (laughs) I can't sell my husband's stuff, but (laughs) um, I can sell anything in the house and then I can use that money however I see fit. So if there is something that I really want that's not a part of my no spend journey, I can still save up money and um, spend it however I want. Typically, I just sell my clothes on Poshmark. I get like 50 bucks a month and I pretty much just save it for yard sale season because that's my favorite time of year is buying nice stuff secondhand at people's yard sales. <laughs> it's
1: more fun to get a good deal anyway. So this kind of just sounds like a really strict budget. Is it
0: different than just having a really strict budget? Um, well, I think that you don't wanna to be too restrictive with your budget. So when you're just doing like, I feel like when we paid off debt, we would still throw in like a, let's go out to eat here and there where that's like one of our no rules is like, we're not going out to eat. Um, even things like Amazon, Amazon necessarily can be a part of your budget. People buy like their diapers or food products or whatever. But I just wanted to kind of like rewire my brain that I didn't need that instant, like two day shipping. Let's get it here now. Um, mentality, and I wanted to. I've, over the past few years, I've really been thinking about being less of a consumer, um, trying to be more intentional with my purchases. Um, so, I would say it's it's at least more restrictive than I think my budget was during my debt free journey, minus the vacations portion. Yeah, and that's what's
1: so interesting to me about it because you know when we became debt free, we we were like chomping at the bit like what's the first thing we were going to buy and Mm -hmm. you know you like entered adulthood when you buy a lawnmower and we took pictures of it and we were so excited (laughs) (laughs) to be debt free but what you're saying actually transitions nice into the idea of minimalism being intentional you've talked in your youtube videos about the connection between minimalism and abundance mentality and typically when people think of abundance we think of lavishness excess, um, you know, name brands, right? So how in your mind and in your experience is minimalism connected to abundance? Hey, everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. So I don't have kids, but I also want to tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with a publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com and insect. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. I called insect and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito, and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ENSEC.net.
0: Now back to the show. Well, I think that minimalism and like any big financial goal, they're really one in the same. And I found that before paying off debt, I mean, I had a lot of stuff. I I mean, I still kind of have a lot of stuff essentially, but I had so much stuff that didn't serve me. It didn't have a purpose. And like, now that we have bigger goals in our life, we only want to keep what actually has a purpose, what actually will serve us. And you can always use that stuff to make money. I mean, honestly, you purchased those things and it's good to get some money back out of them, especially if you're not using them or utilizing them. But it also allows you to be more intentional about like what you bring into your home too. Like you don't just go to the store and like purchase a bunch of stuff. You're going to buy something that's going to have a purpose and a use. Um, Like when we moved into this house, we don't have a lot of like pictures and stuff minus this picture behind me, but uh, I try to utilize things like I already own to make a wall nice. So like I have a little wall where I hang up my cute hats and like, that's the decor for the wall. I didn't have to go, purchase something just to purchase something to put in my house, if that makes sense. So
1: Um, it's more like about abundance of the things that truly bring you joy. Yeah. And so you're achieving that goal of being, becoming debt free kind of made you realize that, okay, when we look at our decisions, especially our purchasing decisions, if we bring intentionality to that, then, um, Than what we do buy brings us, gives us more than if we bought lots of things that gave us less satisfaction. Is that about right?
0: Okay. Yeah. And I also think that like has a lot to do, like we're also like a quality over quantity type family. There was the years, you know, where I would go and buy the really cheap like clothes all the time that would get a hole in like a week. But now we will purchase like higher quality things when needed um, that will last us longer. Typically it's secondhand. Uh, you can find lots of quality stuff for really inexpensive. Like, uh, last week at a yard sale, I got my two-year-old a super nice, like down jacket in great condition for a dollar. And it's like, you can't even go to the cheapest store and get a crappy jacket for under like 20 bucks, you know?
1: No, I feel like you have all the hacks.
0: (laughs) And now you're a financial
1: coach and your kind of specialty is helping people get their budget systems going, especially when their goal is to be debt-free, right?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: What are some common mistakes you see people making when it comes to
0: creating and sticking to that budget? I think the biggest one people make is like being too restrictive. If your grocery budget is $1,000 a month and now all of a sudden you want to start budgeting and you're like, well, it could be like 200 bucks a month. You're going to set yourself up for failure and you're going to, I mean, it's not going to feel good when you go over that $200 mark, but that's not realistic for you or your family. You want to challenge yourself, but you don't want to yeah, not be realistic. It would be maybe something like $800 instead of a thousand. You don't want to like, even cutting it in half would be a lot. But I think that's where people, that's the first mistake I typically see is like people are way too restrictive with their budget. Um, maybe there's someone who goes out to get Starbucks every day and maybe you don't need it every day, but maybe you get it like once a week as a treat, you know, don't completely cut it out because you're more likely to just drive through the drive through when you drive by one day because you can't take it anymore.
1: That's so true. Um, I think when we were first starting to budget together as a married couple, it was very helpful to know that um, the first couple months they told us in the class that we took that, hey, this is going to go bad. This is actually going to cause conflict for like the first three months. Just consider it your um, revving up to doing it correctly later.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So besides being restrictive, also not being realistic enough um, if you have a family that is like on the go all the time, you know, like you and your husband work full time, you have kids in sports and schools and whatnot, um, and you're out running like errands and stuff all the time by saying you'll never eat out, that's, that's not realistic. That's you're going to have to eat out. I mean, there are days you can set the crock pot and make meals and have whatever, but you have to have some sanity. You can't just hope it like, you know, hope that dinner is magically made every night and then run yourself ragged. That's also not healthy and not going to make you look back on your budgeting. That time you were budgeting as like a good thing. It's going to seem very negative.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Those are two really good tips. Okay. So first is too restrictive. Second is not realistic. Mm-hmm. What's the
0: third? Not being creative enough. Wait, creativity
1: and budget? Um, That does not sound like two things that go together.
0: Right? It's true. Like people don't think outside the box enough. So if you have some sort of thing that you're good at, besides using that as like a side hustle, you can also use it for like trade. So like right now, I trade with one of my neighbors and she does my hair. So I pay like $0 to get my hair done all year long. And that's typically something that costs like 100, at least 100 bucks every time you go in. Um, My sister, she's a massage therapist. She just traded last week uh, with someone who does tattoos and got a new tattoo. Um, There are all sorts of ways that you can get creative. You can trade for babysitting. Uh, A crazy thing my husband and I are doing now is we have two paid off SUVs. um, And we are selling both of our vehicles and we are downgrading which is the opposite of what most people are doing. Most people are trying to figure out how to get a nicer car. We're like, how do we get a worse car so we (laughs) can use that money and invest it? It's, I mean, it's just not something people think about typically.
1: Okay, that's really interesting. I like the creativity with the budget because that makes it a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's crazy like what one person thinks of versus... What another person thinks of like my idea of being creative is going to be completely different than my husband's. My husband's is like, he'll watch YouTube videos to figure out how to do some sort of crazy house project, so we don't have to call in a professional and like that's his way of being creative and saving the budget. That's definitely, my husband's in engineering also, that's
1: definitely an engineer's mindset. (laughs) I'm going to find out the technicality, the details Mm -hmm. of this project, and I'm going to execute it with precision. But it's so helpful. My husband does the same thing with YouTube, so I appreciate appreciate that a lot. I wanted to ask you about a sinking fund. You said in one of your videos that that was not something that people typically are familiar with. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with it till I took a financial class. Can you explain how that works and how people can make their
0: own sinking fund? Yeah. So sinking fund is essentially um, kind of like a future purchase or something that you know that's going to happen in the future. And you kind of divvy it out and you set aside money every month or every paycheck, however, you want to do that. Um, A lot of people do it for things like um, car maintenance. Like, you know, your car tabs and your oil changes, and you might need new tires this year. And you kind of just like break it out in the amount of months that you want to save for it Um, and set aside that money each month. Some people do it in cash. Some people, do it online some people open multiple bank accounts you can kind of do it however you want um you could do it if you're saving for like a new car uh some of the sinking funds i have the current one i have is for preschool because my little one's going to preschool in the fall and it's kind of expensive and i didn't want to do that upfront cost every month so i started doing it in january instead um i mean you can literally do it for anything a new cell phone yeah, that, that
1: kind of sounds like you're uh, almost like a credit card payment, but to
0: yourself. Interest-free.
1: Interest-free. <laughs> well, as we wrap up, I, I would love to hear um, how people, could you tell them how to find you if they want to engage with your financial coaching services and
0: certainly your Instagram? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, I'm just Front Porch Finances and same online, Front Porch. Frontporchfinances.com. Um, I have things on there like budgeting spreadsheets, Excel sheets. Um, if you ever want to work with me, I even have a blog of just some of my no spend stuff on there also.
1: That's so awesome. Thank you so much for um, sharing with us. I'm really intrigued by this whole concept and I hope that my listeners are too. I think, like I said, a lot of people are looking to be more financially prepared, feel more secure, and maybe it's not a a whole year, but maybe if it's a a month, I think this is a really interesting project that can become like a, a family, like a game to see how much you can either pay off debt with or maybe even save for vacation. But whatever the case, it kind of puts the power back in your court. And I love that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having
1: me. This is so fun. Thank you. Woo, that's a wrap, girl. Great job. Do you feel inspired? Yeah, me too. If you liked this episode, you'll also like the episode with a couple who paid off eighty thousand dollars in three years. That is episode forty-three. You can see other similar episodes on my YouTube channel playlist called Finances. It's YouTube.com/slash Meredith For Real. Stay tuned next week for the type of episode I'm always extra nervous to make—a solo episode. I talk about why you should
0: start over. All right, talk to you next week.